So, Carmen, what have you been up to recently? Well, I went to a little, little, little known event. You know, you may have not heard of it. Um, it, was, it was this thing called the Eras Tour via Taylor Swift. You know, it was okay. I'm just kidding. It was fantastic. <laughs> I so my voice today has just now recovered. It's finally back to normal. Up until yesterday, we're recording this on Saturday. Up until yesterday, it was still out from last Saturday. So a week later, I'm recovered. Um, yeah, it was fan flipping tastic. I partied all night. I screamed, sang every song. Um, she sang my favorite song. I was so happy. 15. If you haven't heard 15 by Taylor Swift, go listen to it. Um, she sang, that one's my favorite, and it was one of the surprise songs. She did it on the piano, and Abigail was actually there, which was cool. Um, Reese Witherspoon and Gigi Hadid were also there. Um, it was really great. We went Saturday night, so we avoided the, um, seeking shelter of Sunday night. Thank goodness. Um, but it was fantastic. Gail was amazing. I love Gail. Um, and she was one of her openers. She did awesome. Um, and Phoebe Bridgers was the other opener. She also did really good. And she sang Scott Street, which is my favorite from her. Um, but when Taylor sang 15, I couldn't even sing because I was crying so hard. So there's that. Um, but we had a good time. I cried during the intro, during 15, and during the ending of the concert. Let's just say I had a glitter heart around my eye. The bottom half was gone by the end of the concert. I wish I had video or photo proof, but I don't. Um, I do have video proof of us crawling to our hotel room. And when we got back to the hotel room, there was stuff all over the bed from where we had been changing. And so I laid on the floor for 30 minutes because I didn't feel like cleaning it up. Um, but it was awesome. We had a great time. It was well worth the money we spent on the weekend. Um, I would 100% go again. Like if I, if I had tickets to the next night, I would have been so exhausted, but I would have went again. It was just one big party. Um, also, Hallie and I got tickets to the Jonas Brothers. I'm so excited because this is my first concert ever. I cannot believe that, but I'm also, like, honored, and I'm so excited it's going to be the Jonas Brothers. You have no idea. Um, So, I grew up with the Jonas Brothers and Taylor Swift, um, but the Jonas Brothers, they're, like, my comfort concert. Those are my boys. I love them. Um, I saw them when they went on their Happiness Begins tour, and then I saw them when they had opened for Hannah Montana on the Best of Both Worlds tour. So they are my comfort concert. Um, I'm excited for Hallie to go. It's going to be fun. It's also one big party. Also, I think everyone's learned from Taylor Swift because their tagline is five albums, one night. So they're doing their own era store. But I've already made us a ton of friendship bracelets. We took some to Taylor Swift and traded some. Um, but I've made a bunch ahead of time for Jonas Brothers. I don't think people really do it there, but I'm going to, tr- I'm going to give them out anyways. Also, they're good for just extra jewelry because I made like Jonas Brothers ones and Nick, Joe and Kevin ones and a burning up one. And I want to make a love bug and a SOS. Yeah. But I'm excited. Hallie and I listened to the new album this week, Little Bird. Oh, got me in my feels. Gosh. Um, and if I don't get to hear Little Bird and Walls live, I will sue because Joe's riffs in that. Oh my gosh, so amazing. 
Um, it was very Beatles-like. Like it was. Oh yes. Very very catchy. Very disco-y. Like I was at work when I was listening to this, so I was in the back kitchen by myself, just kind of like dancing in my stool while like I was the eating John my. Cena. Like yes. I was yeah, like I was, while I was eating my lunch, and I was just like, "This is a vibe. It's a whole vibe." Um, it's going. But on. yeah, that's it's pretty much on. all that happened to me this week, Allie. What happened to you this week? Well, um. Oh, I did. I hope you guys all listened to Hallie's episode last week because I listened to it while I was recording and it was very good. And it made me laugh several times whenever you mentioned me. Yeah, I missed you. It it was like I said in the pot in that episode. It's really hard recording a solo episode without you don't have banter without my my lovely co-host. There's no banter. You don't have me going off on tyrants about Hunger Games and Harry Potter. No, that doesn't happen. It's very sad. Um, I had to work my own concert Sunday at my workplace. And in the midst of that, it came a torrential downpour and a storm and knocked one of our power poles down in our driveway. Yes. It was lovely. (laughs) So, Hallie and I share a driveway. We're neighbors. Um, And Mom and I are sitting in the... Our house is at the bottom of the hill, closer to the road. Um... I was sitting in that living room with mom, and we saw a big flash and heard the boom, and a power pole had fell over, and you could stand on our front porch and hear the sizzling of the leaves. <laughs> but it knocked your power out, and maybe my papa's power out, but ours works off a different power pole, so we had power. So not Friday. I, I come home at 9, o- 9 o'clock, sweaty and sticky from just the rain and the humidity and I could not take a shower because there was no water and so I was like it was no fun you know um so is that all you have for your ketchup what did you do I think I just like gave myself wood burn from your like rubbed my elbow raw on your table I don't know how like, right there. You got some issues. What did you do? I don't know. <laughs> um, it's starting already. So is that all you have for your ketchup? I'm enjoying my the start of my break from school. I'm free. I survived my first year of college. Woo! Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, Hallie and I did schedule the day she's going to come to work with me. Yeah, I'm excited. Yay. It'll be fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you guys didn't listen to last week's episode with manga and anime, go listen to it. Um, it's a good guide for beginners and experienced manga readers. Um, I actually found it pretty interesting, even though I don't read manga at all. <laughs> so, um, it was fun to edit. It, it really was cracking me up. Like, every time you were like, Carmen's at the freaking Eras tour, and I was just laughing. But I was, I was also, jealous! Also, I was going through a depressive state because... Um, this was post Eras tour when I was editing it, so I was sitting there going, I'm not at the Eras tour anymore. <laughs> I wish I was at the Eras tour. Well, I think I said at some point during the episode, I was like, when I'm, while I'm recording this, Carmen is currently in Nashville. She was at the Eras tour. Yeah, it made me very sad that I wasn't there anymore. I will. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got for ketchup. Yep, that's all I've got too. Would you like to give our intro? Sure. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Family Fiction with Hallie and Carmen. 
We're going back to the OG. Hallie's not yep. making that mistake again. <laughs> um, so, uh, you can probably tell by the title, but we have Britt Tally on today. Um, you might know her better as B.L. Tally. Um, she is the author of Realm of Shadows and Flame. Uh, this is book one in the Court of Infinite series. Um, Infinite series. And um, we had her on to chat about um, her reading journey and author things and about her book as well. Um, And she even gave us a little sneak peek into the next books, which was really cool. Um, They sound really amazing, and we're really glad she could come on. Um, But this was a fantastic interview. Um, We learned a lot. Mm-hmm. especially about like the publishing process and stuff was really cool i even took some notes she had some like editing tools she uses and i took notes on those because i will be using those in the future i'm sure um but it was awesome we you know i brit and i have been friends on tiktok for gosh i don't even know how long probably over a year um and so when hallie and i were making notes for this podcast and like people we wanted to have on um Britt did go on our list of people we wanted to have on so we were really glad that she came on and discussed all things realm of shadows and flame and all things author and self-published and indie author and all that jazz um but yeah so if you can't tell about the title we had that interview today but before we get to that interview Hallie what are you currently reading so very excited for this. I am currently reading Crescent City, House of Earth and Blood. Yes, finally. I'm finally. That was very loud. I'm sorry to everyone's ears. I'm so excited. I can see the sound spikes. Yeah. But yeah, Carmen has been waiting for me. Whoa. I have been yeah. severely behind on this book, and I cannot wait to get into it. I'm so excited. Carmen, what are you currently reading? Okay. <laughs> Mine takes some explanation. So I'm currently listening to Chain of Thorns. Still. I'm in a reading slump, okay? I went to the Ares tour and now my brain's fried. I can't read. Um I wish I could read. I can't read. Um so Chain of Thorns is still on my list um of current read listening to. But so I said last time not last week, but last time that I was on the pod, that I was going to start um, The Serpent and the Wings of Night. Serpent and the Wings of Night. I almost said Realm of Shadows and Flame. That's not correct. Um, the Serpent and the Wings of Night. But I have not started it at all because I've been in that reading slump. Um, but I actually, so I had a book club meeting. Shout out to all my you know, fellow book club members, they mentioned that last meeting that, um, something about me shouting them out on the podcast. So here's your shout out gals and girls and book clubbers. Um, so we talked at our last book club meeting about they had, when the book club first started, they read a book called, um, let me look it up just to make sure I have the right title before I say the wrong thing. Um, the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. That author sounds familiar now that I'm looking at it. Um, 
and they said this was like, I think it was the first book they read in the book club. I could be wrong. Um, but they said that the first bit of it was very good, and then it got very weird and very cringe. But they officially have stated that me and one of the other girls that she went to her first meeting, this last meeting, um, that they're going to start making it an initiation book into the book club, that you have to read this book. Because they talk about it all the time, about how cringy it was. So they've now made it a priority. Um, so I downloaded it, and I'm reading it. Um, apparently it just gets very, very smutty. And, like, in a weird way. <laughs> Not in the, like, ooh way. Like, in a ew way. <laughs> so, um, we'll see where this goes. Um, so I'm currently reading that instead. So I've put a hold on The Serpent and the Wings of Night. Um. Until I can read this. And even this has taken me a minute. Like, I, I just I don't have the drive to read right now. It's just not there. Um, I also started binge reading. Binge reading. Binge watching Titans on HBO Max. So that could be part of the problem. Um, and also Anne with an E. So that could very well be part of the problem of me not reading. So here we are. But that is my long-winded answer to my current read. Um, but... Yeah. So, like I said, we had a great interview with Britt, and we really appreciate her coming on. So, without further ado, here is our interview with Britt Talley. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, no problem. It's my pleasure. I'm a little nervous. I've never done this before, but. Well, we've, just never, with it. <laughs> we've never interviewed an official like author before, so we are also in that same boat. So we'll just all be nervous together. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Works for me. Um, so we've got some like, like a layout of questions. So that's why I said this may take over just depending on how conversation flows and we might split it into two parts. Um, but like, so when we were making the podcast and we were making like ideas of topics, you actually went on our guest bucket list. So we're oh very, my gosh. <laughs> you and I have been friends on TikTok for a while. And so I've been wanting to get you on to talk about your book and everything. So we're glad to have you here. Um, it's still very strange, like just being an author, having people like fans of the work and I'm like mm, you're lying but okay like it's still very strange yes it's like officially published but you're still like I didn't write it it's not good don't don't read it you know yeah yeah I'm just gonna like hide in the corner and be like you can read it I'm just gonna like turn my head and yeah. I hope you don't judge me too much for it well it's very very good Hallie has five chapters left in oh one, so she's well into it you're it's a downhill it just goes real fast I know he said said they just arrived to the battlefield and I was going oh oh what's about to happen Uh, but um I guess we'll just go ahead and get started um so we have like an interview that we ask all of our new guests um so it's kind of just about your like reading journey and stuff like that um so the first question is like tell us about your reading journey like how did you get into reading and like what age and that kind of stuff 
Oh, I think I've been reading for like as long as I can remember. Um, I think probably, I mean, just obviously like, you know, four or five, whatever age you actually learned to read. Um, I would make my mom take me to the library like every week and I would just stock up on as much as I could. And every week we would go back and check out more and more books. And one of like the big series I first started with was Harry Potter when I was like seven or eight. Um, I wanted to read like the simpler books in like elementary school, but my teacher was like, you're too smart for these dumb books. Like you need to read something bigger. And I had put off reading it because my brother was reading it. And I was like, I don't want to do anything my brother wants to do. So I was like, I'm never going to read this. And he was like, you have to. And my teacher was forcing me. So I was like, fine. And then of course I read them all, but I was still waiting for them to come out at the time. And so that was rough. But uh, the first official series I started like really reading that I don't like to admit because it's like a guilty pleasure I read till I think I was like 14 is this like half written half picture book called Geronimo Stilton about like a mouse and <laughs> yes yes yeah. I read Diary of a Web so, Kid up until junior high so don't even like worry about it those were easy AR it points. was so yeah exactly it was so funny like half the words were like pictures it was I don't know it's really kind of like hard to describe unless you've read it but yeah there's probably like 60 books in those and I my first job actually was working in the public library in my town and when I would go and shelve books I would like pull those books out and kind of just like sift through them and like read them on my break even though I was 16 and in high school and like reading a you know seven-year-old book but I forgot those books existed. Like you just unlocked something in my brain. I forgot about those books. I used to read those too. Those were yeah. those were decent. Yeah, I liked those better than like because that was when I was reading those and like Diary of a Wimpy Kid and the Bones books. That was like the I think it was a dog, maybe that was Bones. You mean like Hank the Count Dog? I can't remember. It was called mm-hmm. Bones. I can't remember what it was about, but it was one mm-hmm. of those like it was like the Geronimo Stilton and the Diary of a Kid like mm. style. Um, but yeah. Did you read Geronimo Stilton? I did. I read like Geronimo <laughs> Stilton. I read Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Um, Percy Jackson. I read all those. I read all those books. Magic Treehouse was my, was my stuff. I loved Magic Treehouse. Mine was the Boxcar Children. Like, I read so many of those. The Magic Treehouse, I read a handful, but not as many as I read of like the Boxcar Kids. Yeah, I don't think I ever read either of those. My brother read the Boxcar Children um, and my mom liked those, um, but I don't think I even read Magic Treehouse. I don't know what I was reading. It's I was like, like you said, it was easy AR points. So. Yeah, I was probably reading for AR and then maybe like um, the American Girl books. <laughs> oh yeah that was probably it I never read those so which one okay so we kind of may have already answered this but we're gonna ask it anyway what was the first book that got you into reading books which I guess you said Harry Potter but that was one, yeah, I definitely went, well, that was more like the big series. So I actually, so I'm in Scotland right now and there's these like really cool European versions of books. And when I was out, I actually found the book that um, got me into reading and it's called Gregor the Overlander. And um, 
if you, if you haven't read it, it's about like this young boy who like, I think he's in like a really poor family and he finds this like secret passageway in the laundromat of his apartment complex and like crawls through like this ventilation system and is this whole underground world and they've never seen like a human before or something like that. There's like massive bats that you can ride and rats and bugs and underground things. And he's just like this little kid that becomes like the overlord of the underworld and stuff like that. And it's, it's really cool. But I got this like special edition cover of it. And I'm like, this is like what first got me into reading. And I wouldn't probably wouldn't read anything now with bugs and bats and stuff like that. It's not at all. But when I was, you know, like seven, eight, that was what I was into apparently. Yeah. I, so I'm also very jealous of the fact that you're in Scotland right now. Um, <laughs> um, when I was over there, I went to a bookstore and they had the European cover editions of the Hunger Games. I snatched mm. those right up because I'm like the Hunger Games was my my obsession. Um, so yeah, I love and I've also got a copy of the Philosopher's Stone. I really wanted a copy of the Philosopher's Stone instead of the Sorcerer's Stone. Mm. Um, so yeah, I definitely relate on that level. Um, I've been trying to find a copy of uh, the, the Philosopher's Stone, but it's called the Philosopher's Stain, like S-T-A-N-E. And it's a special edition you can only get in Scotland where they have words flipped to meet like the Scottish dialogue of like really heavy Scottish like dialogue, I guess. And it was meant as like this funny version and it's hilarious. I've read snippets of it, but you can only get it, I think, here or potentially online. So I'm trying to find a copy of it because Quidditch is called like Bizimbaugh and like Hufflepuff is called Hecklepeck, I think. And there's just like it's really funny. So I've been trying to find a copy of that. That is so cool. I didn't know that existed. Wow. Okay. That's going on the bucket list. <laughs> they actually so I work on the side with MuggleNet which is a Harry Potter fan site. And they had posted one day a um, like Harry Potter in the perspective of a Gen Z. And it was like the boy who lived, but it was the boy who was unalived. And like, it had all this different lingo and it was so funny. I laughed so hard at that one. Um, so what is your favorite genre? Fantasy, dark fantasy, fantasy romance, that kind of thing. I... I'm not really a huge fan of like generic like fiction or just any just regular I don't know if basically if it's the real world I don't really like it I want to be removed as far as possible from the real world when I read I don't want to read about modern day problems so anything fantasy I'm usually good to go with that I can agree with that one. Oh yeah I feel like I've seen a lot on TikTok lately about people talking about how they don't want any modern world mentions in a book that they're reading and I can see that kind of takes you out of the book then you're not you know escaping yeah I read one that said like the word TikTok in it a few months ago and I was like mm -mm, I can't I can't do this um who is your favorite author I'm going to sound so basic, but SJM all the way. You know, yeah, like, <laughs> you can't go wrong. The mastermind. Yes. Her, I, I, say, the, I, I say all the time, sorry, go ahead. her and Taylor Swift have to be best friends because they're both masterminds and I don't know how they do this. 
it's crazy um especially from like an author perspective like trying to fit in as much foreshadowing as she did I'm like how is that even possible like how does she think of these things half of these have to be accidental and then she's just like picked them up and like used it and just gone from there because I've done stuff like that and I just I want to know how long she was creating this world because it's insane but she's a major part of why I started like writing and reading again like I didn't read for like five years um from the time I was like 18 to 24 so maybe almost six years but I read her book and then it just kind of like spiraled from there and I read all of her books in like eight months I think and then I read 30 books last year and it was the first time I'd read in like five or six years so she's just like special to me where I'm like yeah I'll never not read her stuff which Sarah J Moss book did you read first so I started with Throne of Glass, not knowing yes. who SJM was. Yeah. So, well, okay. So I didn't read the whole series first. So this involves like a Scottish boy and everything. Basically, like, long story short, we matched on Tinder. I was trying to impress him. He was like, read this book. It's really good. And I was like, okay. So I ordered like Throne of Glass through Air of Fire. And I was like, I'm going to read all of these. And I read Throne of Glass in like 24 hours. Like I stayed up to like 2 or 3 a.m. just reading it and I was like this is incredible this is amazing like I have to read the rest of these right now and then it was mid like 2020 right when COVID hit and so I was graduating college going through a divorce and moving across the country like all at the same time and so I didn't have time to like read the rest of it so I gave them to my sister while I was moving and I was like read these and she read all of them she read you know like Kingdom of Ash I think had like just come out like the year previous or something like that and she finished it all and she's like why aren't you reading these I was like I'm an adult I don't have time like I've got to reset my whole life and then fast forward to last year I was in Scotland and I was meeting up with this boy from tinder and he's like let's go to my favorite bookstore I want to take you to my favorite bookstore I was like all right sounds good so we go to (laughs) this bookstore together it's like this like three-story beautiful uh bookstore overlooking like the main street in Edinburgh like the castle all of these things super romantic but um I'm looking through and I see A Court of Thorns and Roses and I'm like oh I think my sister's been telling me about this book I don't know anything about it but I'll just buy it while I'm here so I pick up A Court of Thorns and Roses and I fly home like end of that next week and I'm like oh I guess I should start reading read that book you know in like a day day and a half and then I'm like, I have to get the next one and the next one. And I finish all five, like up through Silver Flames in like three weeks. And I was like, this is incredible. Like, this is like addictive and like drugs. Like I need more. And my sister's like, that's the same lady who wrote Throne of Glass. You gave me her whole book series last year. Like, why haven't you read these? And I was like, what? And so I go back and I like take the book back, books back from my sister. And I was home visiting in Texas and I like read them all. And Oh, it's that one took me a little bit longer because those books it's a lot to process and like very traumatic obviously but oh, and then I um read Crescent City and so well and she's like the queen of misleading you on who the love interest is gonna be and so with Throne of Glass you go through like two or three of them before you finally get to the one and it's just very stressful along the way yeah oh it's a whole bunch of stress and trauma I kind of did something similar like I had read I think the first two Throne of Glass books and then I started working in like the Crescent not the Crescent Cities the uh Court of Thorns and Roses 
and like kind of went back and forth and like would read a Court of Thorns and Roses and then would read a Throne of Glass book and kind of bounce back and forth. Um, but I started with Throne of Glass too. Yeah, I started with Throne of Glass. Um, but it was funny though, because when she started Akatar, because I told her to, and she's like, why do you like this? I don't, because it, it was the first book. Yeah. And she, I was like, Carmen, trust me, you will be rewarded in the end with the Court of Mist and Fury. Just wait. <laughs> yeah. When I read the first one, I thought it was, it was good and I flew through it. But I was also like, this is kind of corny. Like, this is cheesy. It was just a, a Beauty and the Beast remake. And then you read A Court of Mist and Fury and you're like, oh, no, this is, this has just got turned all the way around. Okay. <laughs> I was invested. Yeah. I remember reading the first one and texting my sister like, oh, I think like, I because I fell for Tamlin at first, like we all did <laughs> but I also have a history of falling for red flag men so it's not surprising um but I was like texting my sister and I was like oh I can't wait and then when I read the back of Mr. Fury I was like why is she spoiling that they get married I'm like I feel like this should be like this big thing like they're getting ready for a wedding like is this not like the entire plot of book two is like you know Tamlin and Favor preparing for their wedding and, you know, obviously in the first, like, 60 pages, it falls through. And I was like, what is going on? And I had just gotten out of, like, a really bad relationship. And I was reading all of these crappy things Tamlin was doing. So, like, the heartbreak was, like, real. And I was like, I can't believe I fell for this again. I was like, it's the same thing, but with a fictional character. So it was a roller coaster, but it was obviously worth it in the end. Oh, Tamlin. He fooled us all. We were all invested. I had a friend that was reading it um after I'd read all of them and so she's telling me she's like Carmen I know I'm supposed to hate Tamlin but I don't know why like he he's doing okay and I was just like oh I remember then that was me <laughs> wondering why all of TikTok hated him oh. mm -hmm. um so do you have like would you say that the the book that got you into reading would you say that's your favorite all-time book or do you have a different favorite all-time book I have like a couple I have a really hard time picking and choosing obviously like A Court of Thorns and Roses is like huge I would probably say like Silver Flames just because I relate to Nesta so much um it's definitely one of my favorites I hated her 95% of the book and it was like the last bit where I was like oh I think I hate her because she's me like I was my sister be like do you like her yet do you like her yet and I was like no I'm pissed off like I hate Nesta like she's so annoying why is she doing this why do we have a whole book she's like just hold on and I was like okay you're right and now I can't I can't ever get it out of my head um but one of the other ones is like not super I don't think super common is I read it in high school and it's called Fahrenheit 451 mm -hmm. and um it just really stuck with me you know I was like 14 I think when I read it and it's just always been one of my favorites yeah we read that in high school too and I still couldn't tell you the plot because in high school I was it was assigned so I was like barely reading it and so I was just confused 90% of the time whereas if I would actually sit down and read it I'm sure I'd be fine but yeah I was reading enough to pass the little tests that we were given and that was mm -hmm. so yeah oh, see, I was a nerd I read everything like even if I hated it, my teacher assigned it. Like I couldn't do what the other kids did. Like, oh, we just quick noted it, and I was like, no, I read the whole thing. 
Yeah. Which now I'm going to, I feel like I need to re read it because Michael B. Jordan is in like the, I don't know if it's a movie <laughs> or a TV show. He's in the adaptation. I mean, I'm going to have to watch that. So I know that's on my list. I just haven't watched it yet. Good old Michael B. Jordan. He's my Amazon prime profile. <laughs> um, Hallie and I joke about that all the time. All my like um, streaming platform icons are like fictional men I'm in love with. So my Netflix one is Ben Barnes. So, <laughs> Understandable. Uh, mine is, mine's a roach, which is the horse from the witcher. That's my Netflix profile. Um, and my Disney profile is Yzma. See my Disney one, it, it it's the only one that like goes off of that because it's Pascal from uh, Tangled. Mm. So, um, but I am very excited since you brought it up. I'm very excited for the new season of The Witcher, but I'm very sad that it's going to be Henry Cavill's last one. I know. I'm so mad about that. I if there's one man I'll allow to have a hold on me, it's it's Henry Cavill. Yeah. I, did you get the tiktok i sent you about lockwood and company yes lockwood and company got canceled it's all the shows that i watch that get canceled yeah now i'm really nervous for shadow and bone i know i feel like they're canceling everything i said they are the it's really disappointing service every time i get into a new show it gets canceled and i'm like maybe i should just stop watching all shows until all the seasons have been uploaded Mm -hmm. and just binge the whole thing this is tragic yeah um so do you have a favorite trope enemies to lovers touch her and die thank you thank you you know the classic (laughs) um favorite character oh geez um probably nesta aelin is really close manon like all of just like really badass women like those are like my thing I don't want someone who's like weak-willed and just just like oh I'll just stay home and do whatever like no Farrah. take control but yeah I have a love I love Farrah, but like Farrah. yeah I like her but after reading like Silver Flames and then reading Throne of Glass after I was like oh. I was like she's great I still love her but yeah. definitely not like a top five I have a love-hate relationship with her because my biggest beef with her is that she didn't fight in the final battle and that she stayed in the tent. And I'm just like, you've got all these powers oh, mm-hmm. and you're doing nothing. It was funny though, because when she read A Court of Wings and Ruin, we were on vacation together. So I got to watch her reactions to this and she ranted mm-hmm. about that for a long time. I was just like screaming at Feyre the entire time. Doing I'm still pissed that Nesta lost her powers and Aelin lost her powers. Like I... that is the one thing I'm like really angry with SJM about so I'm like why so like there must be a good reason because my you know it's not finished so I'm like there better be a good reason or I'm just gonna write my own little fan fiction where they all get their powers back and don't have to believe that it's true well and I'm just waiting for the like anticipated like Avengers Endgame situation for everybody to just be in one big book together oh I'm probably gonna cry when I read that just just because (laughs) yes like literally all of my favorite people in one room Hallie and I have this like story arc about um like if Rowan and Aelin's daughter 
like was um Nix's mate and they mm. were at the wedding. I said, like, could you imagine the wedding? The chaos that would ensue at that wedding. Like Cass- that would be hilarious. Cassian and Aylin would definitely be drunk somewhere. It would be a time. Nesta, I would like to see the the um conversation between Nesta and Manon. Mm. Please yeah. give me that conversation. Those two are peas in a pod. Please give me that conversation. Yeah. Um, so what's the last book that you read? Um, I just started reading Book Lovers by Emily Henry. Um, I'm also in the middle of like four books. I am so terrible about that. So, but the last book I finished, I think was the last book in the Bonds That Tie series by Jay Bree. So that was, that was pretty good, but I listened to those on Audible, which is really nice. So it just makes it go by quicker, but I liked it. It was pretty good. It wasn't like my favorite, but worth reading. Yeah. I've got Beach Read. And People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. So I just need to read it. Um, But fun fact, my best friend's name is Emily Henry. And so I give her a hard time all the time about like, why didn't you tell me you wrote a book? And it's not the same person, but it's like a running joke. (laughs) That's funny. Um, So kind of going off the last question, um, what's the last book you read that sort of left an impact on you? Oh, um, trying to think of the name. I need to like check my Goodreads because, to be honest, I haven't read like much at all this last month. I have been so busy and traveling, so I have not really done much. Oh, so there's one book I'm reading that I haven't quite finished. Um, but it's called Acts of Desperation by Megan Nolan, and. It's one of like the few books I'll read that is kind of like modern day setting. And it's very much like a she's telling her story of like staying with um, this like emotionally abusive ex of hers and why it took her so long to leave. Um, and it's very like jarring to read because it's a very realistic telling of what people do when they're in situations like that. And having been in a situation like that, like reading it's kind of like, a little too close to home sometimes when you're like reading your own actions of like somebody begging someone who's very toxic to like love them and stay and like the links that you'll go to to keep that person in your life so that one it's really good but it's also very hard to read because it's like looking in the mirror when you're reading it that's sometimes you don't want to do that yeah I just books don't leave like an impact on me often but when they do I tend to be like a blubbering mess like there's no in between um okay so that's kind of all we had for like the the new guest interview um but we do have some more questions kind of that so like we said you're the first author we've ever interviewed so we have like questions on that level because Hallie and I are have both like dreamed of being published authors so we have more like I guess research questions and just pure curiosity um yeah go ahead so do you remember like um for Realm of Shadows and Flame do you remember the moment that like inspiration struck for that yeah it was like 2 a.m 
on I think like a Thursday and I was on TikTok and I saw a TikTok and I it was like a edit of a video game to some fun music and I was like the scene just kind of like came in my head and so I sent it to my sister and she is basically a clone of me and she reads the same books has the same thought process and so I kind of was like tell me you don't see this happening inside your head when you're like watching this listening to this music and like the next day she responds and she's like yeah like that's crazy like I would love to read you know something about that and I was like I know me too and then she was like you should write that and I was like no and because like at this point I've never thought like maybe as a kid thought about being an author but it was never something I'd really ever entertained um and the next night at like 2 or 3 a.m I'm like scrolling on TikTok and I see something else and I'm like still thinking about this scene that I kind of like envisioned and sent to my sister and I'm like mm, am I gonna write this no like absolutely not and it's like 3 a.m on a Friday and I'm like well I don't have to wake up early like what am I well that's am I gonna do so I think I just like typed it out of my phone this like whole scene I wrote the whole thing and sent it to my sister and again the next day she's like okay you can't write this and like not give me context about these characters and like the beginning because basically what I did is I wrote the last like two chapters of the book right then and there and she was like I have to know who these characters are and like where the story is going like how did we get here and I'm like I'm not writing a book like I just I had this little hyper fixation got it out I'm done and it just kept eating at me and it was like just kept forming and forming and I was like what is this? And so I just started writing and I didn't tell anybody until I was almost done. And cause I was like, if, if no one knows, then there's no harm. Like if I just up and quit, like that I don't owe anyone anything. So yeah. And then after that, I wrote it in like five weeks. Oh gosh. Wow. So, yeah. That's yeah. great. Um, I actually like I've written the first draft of a book and it took me months. So I'm impressed with that five weeks I have a lot of free time so don't like I know a lot of authors like and a lot of them are like single moms or their moms or even just stay-at-home moms and they'll ask me they'll be like well how did you write it so quickly and I'm like um I'm single I have a cat I work from home I was like I it's a full-time job yeah but like I work like four hours a day yeah and so I'm like I have a lot of free time I don't have much of a social life it's just me and my computer it's like so don't you know, don't hold yourself to like the same standard as somebody else because you never know. Yeah. It's the life I dream to have. Just me, my computer, and my cats. That's, that's the life I want. <clears throat> so we did have some questions about like your writing process. Like I know you've put on your TikTok about using that like app to do like the world building with the map and everything. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people have also talked about having like a book Bible and like a notebook that has all of your like organized ideas. So do you have like a specific way of how you've kept track of all that stuff? No, I'm literally the worst when it comes to any type of organization or it's just pure chaos, which is not great long-term, which is why I started using um, that app, which is what I posted about on like my Instagram and TikTok and it's called Obsidian. And I stumbled across it somehow just on like a TikTok and I was like wait what is this and I kind of looked into it and I was like this looks really cool and it was originally built I think for um Dungeons and Dragons so like when you have these like long campaigns people can keep track of like their world building and their characters and I was like this actually could 
be really useful for an author because it's along the same lines of what they do and stuff like that. So I started it and I was like, wait, I can like keep these things separate and labeled, but it also shows me how they're connected so I can follow like my weird train of thought back to the original idea if I ever get lost. And that's like basically what it does. And it's really, really cool. And it's so simple. I'm like so user-friendly to use. And um, because before it was literally like, I'd have this idea of, okay, I want these two characters to interact. And this is what like their short little frame of dialogue is going to say. And I'd write, okay, like Ren and Calix are going to say this to each other. And I'd write it out and then it would just be like, all right. And then a few spaces down, I'd be like, okay. And then this, I need to listen to like this music while I'm writing this scene or whatever. And it would, just, everything would just get lost. I'd have to scroll endlessly through my phone or through my computer, like a Word document or through, um, I use campfire rights to like write the mass chunk of my stuff. And so I'm like looking through documents and softwares and I'm like, where did I say this? Where did I put it? What character is it? Like, is it for, which is why like Obsidian became so useful. And I transferred like three books worth of notes over into it in the span of like one night. And now I can link everything and it's, it's so handy and it's so useful. So, but there's no, there's no organization there. I have notebooks I've used, um, endless notes on my phone I think one of my phone notes I like copied and pasted over had like 20,000 words wow. in it of just notes and <laughs> random ideas that come to mind so it's not organized but now it is but only for like the last like week or two <laughs> it, it does look really cool though and I, so I was kind of wondering like what the process was of it so you kind of explained that so is it just like world building and like scenes you want to take place yeah, you can put, I mean, like, it's not, so like when I say world building, it's just like what I use it for. Um, it doesn't have any type of like specific layout for you to use. So you can just, you can make it into whatever. I mean, you could use it for school or just for like jotting down, you know, whatever notes you need. Um, but that's kind of what I've used it for because I'm writing like a second series and the third book of this series and they, you know, might be interconnected. And so it's kind of like, I have to keep track of these things and so that's what I mainly use it for is like world building for one connecting to the other one and like listing out the characters and stuff like that so um and then I'll have like scenes to write because I don't write in order I don't write in chronological order which confuses a lot of people but basically I'll write like 15 20 different scenes and then at some point along that way I'll be like okay this is like the order it needs to go in and then I kind of will like a lot of piece it together by that I guess if the inspiration strikes for a scene, you kind of just write it and you'll connect to it later. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I know what happens in certain spots, but I don't know how we get there. And so I'm kind of like, I'm just going to write what I know right now. And then we'll go from there. Cause like with book one, I wrote the ending and then I wrote the very beginning. And then I was like, well, at some point we have to get from point A to point B. And I changed about like five or six different times along the way, which was really confusing, but it worked it worked out in the end but which you mentioned you mentioned writing another one and I did see like your TikTok where you had posted like how you've got three other like printed manuscripts and I got like all excited I was like oh there's gonna be more yeah so right now I think I have like three different books in the work um some of those are just like different drafts but uh like the same book but I'm writing a second series where I've kind of like started building out the characters the world and like specific scenes I want to happen um I'm the third book 
in this series and then um, the court of infinites and then i have another book that's completely separate to these ones that i'm like two-thirds of the way done with that one but that one's a little bit slower because it's not as pressing and important and it's also very like emotionally draining to write so i don't work on that one as much but yeah there's a lot there's a lot going on in my mind and it's it's chaos half the time but that's just what having adhd is so I just work with it um can you tell us a little bit about like your once you have the draft done your editing process what exactly goes into it um so usually i'll go through it just like once just kind of like with a generic spell check and stuff like that just so i can read it and not get upset every single time i see something and then once i kind of have like it flows enough where I can read it without interrupting my thought process with errors and stuff like that, I will send it to this place called lulu.com and you can order the binded uh, manuscripts, which is what like you saw in that one TikTok where it's pretty cheap. Um, it was, I think, like mine are like four to 500 pages, I think, like full length pages because I double space it so I have room to write notes. And I think it comes out to like the most I've paid was like $25 for a bound like paper manuscript of it. Amazing. So definitely, yeah, no, take a note because it's the most helpful thing because if you go to like Offmax or Staples, getting something bound even like less oh, than 80 pages, nice. like $60, it's not worth it. Yeah. And I need to see something other than like, you're looking at the same thing on the screen over and over again. And so being able to see it typed out in like a different font is super helpful to like catch things you missed just scrolling through Word or Google Docs or Campfire, whatever you're using um so i'll do that and then i'll go through at least one of those one or two of those and i'll like fix it and then reprint it with all the corrected things and all the different scenes i've added or whatever and then i've had my roommate read it and then um then i'll usually like ask for like beta readers and stuff like that because when you beta read it's just like there's gonna be errors they know that so it's not super it's still embarrassing to be like hey look at all my errors and tell me what to fix huh. kind of thing but it's beta so like that's just it's easier that way because they know and then i'll get that feedback back and like put in the corrections and take into like their feedback into account and be like okay do i need to add this do i need to take away this do i need to cut things here and there add more then i'll like reprint it go through it again and then sit on it for a little while before doing like arcs and final print and stuff like that so it's a it's a long process but taking your time is definitely worth it because yeah. I definitely rushed a little bit with book one, but I was just so excited. I was like, I have to get this out there. So the second one will be, it's, it's already better, better writing, better like grammar, stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely wrote that down. So did, when it comes, does it come bound and everything? Mm -hmm. Like it's like the black spiral binding. I have to look into this a little further. Wow. Okay. That's nice. It's really helpful. Yeah. You just like test print it through there with, with the paper. So. Well, cause I had looked at places like Staples and Office Max too, and it's like expensive and it's even more if you want it bound. And it's just like, I'm not trying to do all this for one copy, one, like not even ready for public consumption copy. So mm -hmm. it's just a lot. Um, so I know you advertise through TikTok. We actually 
talked about the one you used, um, the Stranger Things version of Running Up That Hill when you were talking mm-hmm. about the scene from the first book. And that gave me goosebumps. But do you, um, like, did you advertise a lot before the book was even out? Like, do you find TikTok to be a useful tool? I know I've seen a lot of independent authors using it and it working pretty well for them. So do you find it pretty useful to advertise on there? Oh, yeah. That's like the only place I've really ever put anything out. I just started a bookstagram like a few months ago. I use it occasionally. I've been using it more while I've been here, like abroad, because TikTok hates the fact that I left my general location. And now I'm getting like 100 views per video, which is I like just hit 10K, like, like right when I got here. And then it went from like, thank you, from like a couple thousand views for the video down to like 100 views per video. So I'm like, this is really annoying, especially because I had already wanted to announce the release date and the cover for the for this book, too. But I'm like, I'm just going to wait till I go back and hopefully get some of my regular viewership back in. But um, yeah, I just used TikTok because when I first started, I started kind of like putting the idea out there because I wanted to know if people were interested before I even fully committed to writing this thing. Because when I first started it almost exactly a year ago, um, like later this week will be like one year book talk anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of like this baby idea. And I was like, I don't want to commit to writing this whole thing. If not even like one person is going to read it, you know? Yeah. So I started posting little ideas. And once it kind of started becoming super serious at some point, like when people started watching the videos and being like, I want this book, like, what's the name of this book? Where can I get it? And I'm like, oh, it's not even finished like writing. Like, this is just an idea. I was like, all right, let me take this seriously. So I kind of like took a step back for like a month, but then I started posting it again and everyone's like I want this book I was like all right well you'll get it I don't know when yet but you're gonna get it and so (laughs) I just would post videos and people liked it and I think I have a pretty good grasp on like music and like how it ties in the scenes because music is such a huge part of my writing process like I don't write when I'm not listening to music it just I can't and so half the time I just use what I'm listening to, to like advertise it. And it usually connects pretty well. But yeah, the one with the running up the hill, that was like the first one that like really took off. And I was like, okay, I gotta get this done quick because like people are gonna lose interest. People are not gonna be patient, you know, for a year and a half while I do this thing. So just why I haven't really advertised much for book two yet. Cause I'm like, I want to make sure like pre-orders are in place before I start posting about this. So it has some sort of like action for people to follow because you can save all the TikToks you want. And you're, you know, I, at least I don't really ever go back through my saved TikTok super often to be like, oh, I know there was one video somewhere about a book that hadn't come out yet. It's been six months. Let me, you know, go yeah. back and finish it. So same um yeah I that one was really good and so that was one thing when I was reading I saw like the QR code and everything and I listened to your playlist while I was reading it and it did like it puts you in the book really well and Mm -hmm. I'm kind of the same way of having to listen to music and I usually like I've got a like writing and reading playlist that is all like film scores so I did the same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I would like recommend anybody reading your book, like listen to that playlist because it really does like put you in the book. 
And I know like the last 100 pages, I was laying, it was like 11 o'clock at night and I was finishing the book and I was listening to that playlist and it just made it so much more intense. And yeah, the last 100 pages were wild. Um, yeah, I feel like that's how most books are, especially like this, the second book. And then like, I've already written the ending for book three. And so I'm like, yeah, the last few hundred pages, it just all just like zooms because so much happens. Um, so you talked about beta reading and, um, so I was actually able to beta read your second one and I won't give anything away about it, but, um, <laughs> it was amazing. And that was, that's yeah. something I've never got to do before was beta read for somebody. So that was a really like different process for me, but it was fun to like, um, the way it was structured of like everybody being in there, it was fun to kind of like see people's like reactions to like stuff that they loved was really fun mm -hmm. um, but so did you so you didn't beta read for the first one I did it was a slightly different process for that one um because I was so new to it all I was really was just figuring a lot of things out as I went um a lot of mistakes were made in book one like the process that I kind of like have a little bit more down now through the second one which has made things so much easier because I didn't know that like editing on Google Docs was a thing because I never used Google Docs like in high school or in college and so that just wasn't something that I knew about and I kind of like formatted it and it was supposed to be just like I sent it like a ebook um a, like kind of thing where they can just download to their Kindle and I didn't realize that it wasn't formatted properly because you have to use certain like softwares to format ebooks otherwise it just sucks. And it basically downloaded as like this PDF form and people still read it. Like I was very impressed, like shout out to everybody who made read for me in book one, because you guys were troopers and you powered through, but I wouldn't have read it. Like if someone sent me like a PDF copy where it was just like, you'd have to like zoom in or move me. I was like, I felt so bad because I had no idea. And I think I had like 40 people beta read for me for book one and they all powered through and like wrote summaries about it and like sent me their information. And I, uh, when I realized later on what I had done, I was like, I am so sorry. Like I felt so bad. And so I asked people, I was like, what do you guys want when you beta read? Like what's the easiest way? And everyone was basically like just Google docs so we can see it wherever and make edits and comments and stuff like that. So that was super helpful. And yeah. it was really nice to like see in time reactions to like certain portions right. and stuff like that. Yeah, I've been using Google Docs for like, so with MuggleNet, we use some Google Docs stuff to make edits on. And it is just like, like for our meetings and stuff, we'll have a Google Doc that everybody can access. So you can see it being typed out like meeting notes real time. So mm -hmm. it, it is very helpful um, when that comes. So how do you, I guess like, if you want to explain like your beta reading like process, like how you set that up and everything, like with a um, so, Google Docs, so like your selection process and that kind of stuff. Once I have it like ready to send out, usually I'll just make like a TikTok or two and I'll kind of be like, or even just kind of like a marketing style video where it's like advertising snippets of what's going to happen to get people's attention. And I'll be like, hey, if you want to beta read this book, because I caught your attention, like go to the link in my bio and like, you know, sign up. And then usually like if I'm mutuals with somebody or friends with somebody and they signed up to beta read, I try and let them in automatically just because 
one, they're going to be nice, which I need like constructive criticism. But at the same time, I'm like, I also need the people who like my writing anyway to give me their feedback at the same time and not always just complete strangers because you get benefits from both strangers and people who have already read your stuff. So I like to do a mix of both. And so I'll just post like a few videos and be like, hey, like if you're interested, like, you know, go sign up. And then um, the first book, because I did beta reading like right after the viral video I had, it was like I had, I think, 1300 people sign up to beta read. Mm -hmm. And it was like way too much. And I was like, I don't know what to do with all of these people. And so I kind of just like scrolled through and I was like, I like this person's name. I like their email address. <laughs> like I'll just like, you know, let them read it. Um, yeah, but for book two, I think I only did like 30 people. And even then you're never guaranteed that like everyone's gonna actually read it. So you kind of just like have to decide if you want to do more and have the potential of a lot of voices all at once or if you want to do less but you might get even less people that actually like go through the whole process with you because like some people will pull out some people will be like I just don't have the time like I thought I would have the time but I don't I'm just totally understandable but you kind of just have to like learn how many people you need because it'll be just too many voices coming at once and you don't want that because with book one I was so new to this whole thing and I wasn't super confident in like my voice and my writing style and I was like I need to change this whole book for one person like one person's comment I was like oh they hate it I have to change the whole thing to appease this one person but it was like one out of 30 and the rest of every you know everyone else loved it but I was focusing on this one voice and I had to have like my best friend talk me out of like rewriting the whole thing and scrapping it because I was just not confident enough. So you have to have a tough skin as an author to kind of power through the people that are like, this isn't my favorite or I didn't like this at all or I couldn't read it. And you have to be like, okay, like there are books that I can't finish reading because I don't like the writing style. It doesn't mean they're a horrible person. It just means I don't like, you know, what they wrote. And that's that. Yeah. So I've seen across, like, I follow some indie authors who self-publish and stuff, and I've seen some of them don't have snippets of what the self-publishing process is, but I don't think a lot of people know what all goes into it. So would you like to explain it? Yeah, it's a long process, just to a disclaimer, it's hard, like, I was like, oh, I've got this. I can do this. I've got lots of free time. It's so hard. Um, there is a lot that goes into it. You obviously need like a title. You need to, if you think your book's going to be super successful, which I, I need to do this part is like, you might need to make like an LLC for your name for tax purposes when it comes mm -hmm. to like, you know, making money and all of these things. Um, I didn't really make like a ton to like warrant doing that for book one, but it's still like, it's still going. And I'm kind of like, all right, for taxes next year, I actually probably need to put this money in a separate account, do an LLC for my name kind of thing. Um, so there's that to consider. So you have to like, think about that ahead of time, talk to an accountant if you need to. Um, and then there's obviously writing the book, which is <laughs> like, I would say, might be the second hardest part to getting the rest of it done um but once you have it done once you have like the beta readers and the arc readers and stuff like that you have to you know format you have to make sure that you know your fonts the right font that you want because 
as someone like I am a graphic designer by trades, so, like I am really lucky when it comes to all of this because I know what layout design, I do layout design for work. Um, so formatting isn't as hard for me as it would be for somebody else. Like I don't have to outsource for that. So you might have to, you know, search if you want someone cheaper and less experienced, you can go to like fiverr.com and then pay somebody to format your book, which could be like 50, 60 bucks. It's not crazy, but you're also running risks of like, is this a new person? Do they know what they're doing? Have they formatted a, you know, a book for publishing before? You have to determine like what size of book you want. Do you want a five by eight, five and a half by eight and a half or a six by nine? I thought that the six by nine, it was, it's fine. Like I don't like regret it, but I thought it was smaller. And then I got it and I was like, oh, this is bigger. And it doesn't seem as thick because it's a taller book. Um, so you have to figure out like very technical mathematical things um, for that. You um, have to buy an ISBN and a barcode in order to register it with like KDP, with um, Barnes and Noble or Ingram Sparks, whatever route you decide to go with, um, which is expensive. And I did not realize it was going to be that expensive. So for like every format of book you have, you have to have a separate ISBN. So I have one for the paperback. I just use the free one only on the ebook for Amazon, just because I do KDP. And so I'm not like distributing it wide. So if I were to do it through like Nook or like Kobo or whatever other people use, I would have to get an ISBN for the ebook. But since I'm just through Amazon and I'm not worrying about that, I don't, I didn't do that. Um, but it's like a hundred and like $25 per ISBN. And then you can buy 10 at once and it's like $300. So you have to like plan ahead just for that. And then there's, you know, cover design, which I did my own. So that saves me hundreds of dollars, but you can pay anywhere from like 150 to like thousands of dollars for a design cover. And, and if you're writing gorgeous. a series, thank you. Isn't that really <laughs> cool? You. But if you're doing a series, you're like, okay, well, am I going to have to pay for multiple covers that look similar? Cause you don't want them to be completely different if you're doing yes. a series. So there's like lots of like, there's lots of little things of like thought process of like, okay, where do I go from here? How do I do this? Like, you have to think ahead. You can't just do this like spur of the moment, unless you're doing a standalone, then that's a little bit easier. But um, yeah, once it's like formatted, then you have to, you know, you set the date in Amazon and you have to get it uploaded, I think like two weeks ahead of time. So they can make sure it's not like copyrighted from anyone else's work plagiarized. Um, and then it just kind of like sits there until your release date, which is so nerve wracking because you, you know, you want to just edit, edit, edit everything and you kind of just have to like let it go. Um, you have to, you know, order proofs and then you have to look at the physical copy and go through and change whatever. And it's, it's long. And like, I just set up a hardcover for book one um, just this last week and I'm waiting to get the proof of that, which I'm super excited about because I'm like, I have, it's a different cover. It's a diff, like the um, actual like naked part of the book is a different design and like the jacket and it's got all these cool things. Yeah, I'm super excited. <laughs> that's like, so Hallie knows that's one of my like number one things with books is if it's a hardcover, if it looks good without the sleeve, I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah, it's, it's got like um, the little, uh, the dark phoenix symbol on the front um, or on the back, I think in gold and so like I don't have like the right connections to do like embossing and stuff like that I wish I could so it's just kind of like printed on there 
but it's dark and it's got like embers and like sparks of fire on it and it's simple but it's yeah on the front cover is completely different than um it's like an illustrated design of like a silhouette of Ren in front of like a bigger a blacked out silhouette of like you can interpret it as calyx or um thin and then it's like gold flames behind it and so it's it's like layered stacked something okay yes i'll be purchasing the hardback yeah. <laughs> that that's awesome so it's like that one i did through ingham sparks which is just like a whole separate thing that's not as user friendly as kdp but it's the only way you can get the like dust jacket is through ingham sparks so had to have a separate isbn for that one as well and yeah, so like you just have to like learn the setup process. It's a lot of trial and error. I watched so many other like TikToks on how people did this process because it's not really something you can just like learn in one sitting. Right. Um, you really have to like go in yourself and like read through the things and try it, you know, trial and error because it's it's exhausting. And there's always room, you have to leave room in your time frame for something to be kicked back and an error to come in or you need to fix something else or whatever so but having other people help like look at it really really helps and I think TikTok's really helped especially on like the author side of a lot of things of like I have a couple author friends that like I can message and be like hey like what did you do for this when you published this like how did you go about this process um or did you encounter this error how did you go about it and stuff like that so it's really nice to like have the TikTok community and like the book talk community, especially to really like, they're incredible, honestly, when it comes to like helping indie authors out. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, like, if you need help, anyone was out there. Yes. I, well, yeah. But, um, I, it's like Hallie said, I don't think I've really seen people talk about it. The only person that's maybe talked about the publishing process is like Victoria Aveyard but she's traditionally published. Mm-hmm. So it's different. Um, but I like, I've seen a lot of people go thorough. So that was definitely like kind of insightful because I didn't realize all that went into it. So that's nice to know. <laughs> um, yeah. That's the one downside to being an indie author is you have to do everything yourself. Yeah, like, You don't have a team behind you um doing all of those things for you and then you know if you want to pay for like an editor and stuff like that you do that as well but editors will book out like a year in advance and so you have to like have the patience or you have to find someone who's in your budget for that which like I still can't really afford one because I priced out my book at like 130,000 words for book one and I think it ran I did a couple different quotes of different people anywhere between 1500 and close to $4,000 for one round of editing per book. So that's a lot. When you see errors, sometimes it's because it's just like, you can only do so much within a certain budget and it's, it's a lot to consider, but some are cheaper, some are more expensive. It just depends. Like if you have the time and budget for it. Yeah. Which at that point, I guess you're just kind of like, like I would be, I'll just take my chance with the beta readers. I'm, I'm good. I'll just, That'll be good enough for me. Yeah, there's um, a software I'd recommend called Pro Writing Aid, which is what I used for book two because I didn't know about it for book one. Um, but you, can, I just used like the free um, trial when I did the first round of edits. So that way I was like, I'm gonna test this out, see if I like it. And then I did all the edits for the first round for beta reading and the trial. And then I'm gonna purchase the software, which I think you can do for like 
a monthly subscription. I think it's like $30 a month. So I'll just subscribe to it in the months that I'm editing and then the months that I'm not like not worry about it. Um, but it's super helpful and it's way more intuitive than like Grammarly, which is what I used for the first one. And it's okay, but it doesn't know like what you're writing. So with Pro Writing Aid, you can say I'm writing like a fantasy, like a fiction or a fantasy book, and it will reformat its grammar rules for different writing styles. And so um, that's what I did for that. And it's really helpful. And it can show you like, hey, you've repeated this word x amount of times maybe you should consider changing it or like you're using filler words like had and that and here's the times you've used those maybe consider making your sentences less sticky and stuff like that so it's super intuitive and insightful versus grammarly which is like you need a comma here you need to yeah. you know put a period here or change this so it's definitely worth it for that which i use grammarly but i mean i've used it for like writing articles for MuggleNet and like school papers. So it worked for what I needed it, but that's yeah. something to look into for like book editing. Um, yeah, for sure. You need a little bit more. So now we have some questions about the book. Um, okay. We're not going to go like too deep because I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't read it and like Hallie hasn't finished it. Um, but the first point I have, so I told Hallie this, I could not stop picturing Hallie as Archer for the life of me and just like the, her personality and everything I just kept going this is Hallie I can't not picture it <laughs> so and it's one of those things too like I can't even remember now like Archer may not even have blonde hair but I it's one of those things like you picture them and then whenever you read what they actually look like you're like well that's not at all what I had in my head um so yeah, I could. Yeah, not. She actually still, she has silverly, silverly blonde hair. So you're oh, pretty accurate. There you go. There you go. It's just like Archer's personality and everything was very like Hallie, and I just kept thinking, okay, this is this is Hallie. I can't know where that comes from, but can't stop picturing. <laughs> well, she's based off my little sister, so uh, I'm a little sister, so that makes yeah. it even better. And my sister has red hair. Oh. Oh, there they see it's all interconnected. Um, but I did have a question. So when I was reading it, there was a lot of vibes of the Hunger Games and Throne of Glass. So I think you kind of, you know, you stated you love Sarah. So I guess you probably like pulled some inspiration, but did you pull any inspiration from like the Hunger Games too? You know, you're not the first person to say that to me. Uh, my best friend when she was beta reading it, she was like there's a lot of Hunger Games vibes in this. And I was like, really? Because I did not think of the Hunger Games at all when I was like read, writing this. I was like, it just never crossed my mind. And then she brought up all these like little connections and I was like, maybe it's just living subconsciously in my head, like way deeper than I thought. And it's just, you know, coming out in my writing. Um, so you're definitely not alone in that comparison. So there must've been somewhere, something that, that but throne of glass for sure a little bit of like the red queen stuff like that so the yes. big you know books but yeah hunger games unintentionally but yes i can see a lot of like the comparisons from there okay i did get some red queen vibes so yes same i i love red queen i'm trying to get hallie to read that series 
think you read oh you need to it's I read the first well I haven't finished it I read the first book I think oh gosh it was years ago and then I just never got the rest of the series and then when I got the rest of the series I didn't remember a single thing so I have to go back and reread it so good um so I did mention earlier like the last 100 pages so Hallie just got to the one character's death um right before the battle and she said that she was traumatized and I just remember reading that going okay what (laughs) was furious um yeah but we were talking about Cade for Cade just bless his little heart yeah he's just he he goes through a lot and all of it was really kind of unintentional um so fun fact Kate originally was supposed to be the love interest for Ren and yeah um and so when I was writing like his character because originally it was supposed to be like Calix is just like this prince and like I'll figure out kind of like where his character arc goes from there and if I want to like dispose of him or if I want to like keep him kind of thing and originally it was supposed to be Cade and that's why like in the beginning at some point she gets hurt and she's going to like the infirmary and Cade meets her in the hallway and he has like a very like subtle like who did this to you kind of vibe in that moment because originally that was supposed to be like this big moment where it was like this turning point for those two characters and I was like well they like they used to be friends like he still cares for her kind of like in the back of my mind he was like you know this love-hate relationship with her and that was originally supposed to be like this big moment where she's like, wait a second, like, does he actually care about me kind of thing? Um, and then obviously that, that changes. And so I just kind of like left that in there. But originally it was supposed to be Kate and Ren in the end. And okay. it is not. But <laughs> I did wonder when it got to that scene, I was like, oh, something's got to happen with Kate because he did the whole who did this to you. And I wondered if that was a thought. Okay. That makes sense now. Okay. I did like yeah. we always love those moments in the book, the who did this to you moment. Love to see it. Um, which I guess I'll just put in like a disclaimer in here. If you haven't read the book, go read it because I feel like a spoiler is gonna come out eventually. Um <laughs> yeah, probably because <laughs> it's hard to not spoil and talk about it at the same time mm-hmm. and ask some of the questions. Um so I just want to also say that without spoiling the last five chapters for Hallie, Renata did what we needed Feyre to do. Yeah. Finally. Somebody participated. <laughs> we, we, we love a female character, main character who does that. Yes. Because um, Feyre, you know, we talked about it. She sat up in that tent. Renata did not. <laughs> um, yeah, the reactions that like came off of my face while reading this book I talked to my invisible cameraman so many times there was a lot of moments of just like putting the book down and going okay I sent you a snapchat of (laughs) I sent you a snapchat about this book talking about how Finn is a walking red flag Finn has so many red flags he gave me Tamlin vibes so very quickly like in the very beginning I was like okay Finn I don't know how to feel about you, sir. And then it just kept getting worse. It was funny though, because um, it was after a certain incident that made me hate Finn even more. Um, 
I was like, Finn, you're losing me. You're losing me. You're losing me. And then like, I think I got a couple chapters later, Calix walks in. I'm like, finally. <laughs> There's the man. <laughs> yeah, fun fact. So Finn's actually based off of my ex. And <laughs> there, there were like, yeah. So this whole book is basically this like revenge of me as Ren, like taking my revenge on Finn and just kind of like, you know, and so uh, when I wrote him, it was it was very cathartic to like write this book and get out like I got my revenge on my ex in real life anyway, but to like get it in like a fictional way where I can like say the things that I want, do the things that I wish, you know, obviously not like wish I could have done, you know, for legal reasons, but like <laughs> that <laughs> what, you know, someone who's been hurt and betrayed and upset, like what they want to do. And so writing Finn, it's very much the perspective of Ren has like, she's, you know, completely enamored with Finn. Like she doesn't really see what's wrong. And she's trying to convince herself this whole time. Like, I think I see something wrong, but I just like, I don't want to believe it. I don't want to believe that like the person I love is capable of these horrible, awful things that affect me, but he's not taking this into consideration. And so there were like lots of little moments of like things that basically happened in my real life when I was like writing in Finn's personality as my exes and it was just it was nice in the end you know he, she gets her revenge but um yeah when it, it's kind of very validating and um, for people to read Finn and be like we hate him and I'm like thank you like he's the worst too. Like, <laughs> yeah he's the worst he was like there was so much gaslighting going on and I was just like okay Finn I'm about to punch you through the wall like please go away and um like I really appreciated seeing like a real like the, the main character goes through all these things and she has an emotional breakdown as would I like I think I would have just been done um so watching her go through that was very like I liked seeing that and seeing like the realistic vibes I guess um, and one thing Hallie and I talked about, I loved, so I feel like the Fae, like the whole theme of the Fae yes. is very popular these days, obviously, but I appreciate like fresh takes. And so I loved like your take on it with like the lesser Fae and the quarter Fae. Like, I thought that was really neat um, seeing that. So did, was that something you kept in mind of like, I need to create my own spin on this uh, trope? Yeah, because obviously, like, you know, everyone's writing about fae and fairies of some kind. And I really wanted to make sure, especially when I was writing the different class systems, that I didn't want it to be a, this copy of, you know, SJM, especially as, like, this major leader in the fae world right now. I didn't want it to be like, okay, there's the high fae and the low fae or whatever she calls the lesser ones, because she doesn't really talk about them very much. And when I was thinking about it, I was kind of like, not every fae out there is going to be this like absolutely incredible super powerful being like sometimes people just exist and like yeah they look pretty but like there's no use for them you know not everyone can be this you know high lord or you know high lady with all of these powers and so I was like there are characters that have to die for a certain reason or there have to be certain circumstances for certain things and I can't have this like all-powerful being just all of a sudden like gone for no reason or like incapable of doing something 
So that's why I also kind of put in there, I was like, all right, you know, Ren's this higher class of Faye, but she's never had like her official training, which is what she has to go through. Like she's good, but she's not great. And she has to get to that point. Um, because I'm like, every main character can't be like the absolute best from right. the get go. Like you, you have to get there at some point. So yeah, it definitely was something I thought about when it came to like other books. I was like, I've got to make something a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so I talked about like my reactions and like, so Hallie and I keep like a running list of ideas. And so we are eventually going to do like a full realm of shadows and flame like review and we might wait till the second one comes out and just do that one in there with it but one of the notes I did like make at the time was the amount of times I dropped flipped off and yelled at this book (laughs) the flipped off was purely just anytime Finn was on the page I was done understandable Um, he was the red flags um but I also thought and I don't know if this is like how you meant it but like the whole thing with her basically like flipping the humanity switch essentially was really cool and I loved it because yeah. I'm a Vampire Diaries fan so oh yep I have a good humanity switch definitely, yeah it definitely took that little snippet so I was like I've when I watched Vampire Diaries I was this impressionable teenager and you know anger issues with like parents whatever red flag relationship you're in sometimes you just want to be able to turn it off and be angry and to just get your revenge or do whatever you need to do without like the constant guilt of like oh my gosh like I'm hurting this person sometimes you just want that and I was like this will be really cool because um in that moment like when she has this like you know complete breakdown when things change in this scene um there it was a very similar moment like in my real life where I just like I turned my emotions off and it wasn't something I was intending to do it was just like this moment where like I had been through so much and this one thing happened that just sent me over the edge and my brain and my body just couldn't take it anymore. And I went completely numb for like three months and I didn't go on this, you know, revenge rampage. I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't do anything. I was super depressed during that time, but I didn't feel anything for months. Like I didn't cry, I didn't smile, I didn't laugh, didn't listen to music. And I'm like, this is a very realistic, like, you know, interpretation of what happens when someone goes through all of these traumatic events. They're not just going to fight in the battle and then everything's fine there's going to be PTSD there's going to be anxiety and flashbacks and trauma like you can't just be like okay I fought the war everything's fine that's good yep happy ever after yeah yeah I think there were the times where I kind of got mad were when anytime like her and Finn would blow up and then he'd go back to her and be like I'm sorry I'm sorry I wanted to I I smacked the book I was just like like stop it I just the the humanity thing though like I loved it but then there was moments where like she was you know exuding non-emotion energy and I was going okay I'm a little nervous Renata like nervous you're gonna do something that can't be taken back like yeah because there was a moment where Calix was like are you good and she's like I'm fine and I'm like I don't like where this is going I'm nervous (laughs) um but I, I did think it was a cool, like, addition. And I wondered if, like, the Vampire Diaries had played a part because it was very humanity switch, and I loved it. Oh, yeah. For um, sure. So Hallie is reading my copy of the book. And so she's been reading through, like, where I've annotated and, like, 
mark certain pages. It's great. And so really big praise on something that you did, like with the trigger warnings at the beginning and then the um, chapter 33 with it having the trigger warning. Mm -hmm. That's something I've like never seen. And I think that's really cool. Like, because I don't think I've ever seen a book that has that in it. So it's neat that it's, you know, that not only does this book have these things, but here's the chapter where it's at. So if you feel uncomfortable seeing this, don't read it. Um, And I like open, I turned to that page and read like the trigger warning and was just like, okay. And I had to like sit the book down, take some deep breaths and then read it. But I had annotated at the top, color me nervous and howling all those things. (laughs) But um, yeah, I there was a lot of pages that I marked, and like, what was the other one, Hallie? Uh, see if you can find it. Which one was it? Calyx. The one with Calyx. Oh, I'm sure I found that somewhere. Was it that one? No, it, it's oh shoot. I marked it because I was one. like, I was like, okay, this if this isn't goals, the one where he um uh where does it start right here oh I want to be the ground you walk on I want to worship at your feet and between your knees I want to make you hum an anticipation from a single glance across the crowded room I was like okay sir with the words you're doing it that's one of the most highlighted portions in the ebook like that's one thing that's really cool is and like um, Kindle Unlimited whatever you can see like yeah people highlighting certain sections and that's definitely one people like and I don't know I think when you're you know a woman writing men you're definitely writing what you wish a man would say to you but I they never know. do we yeah. I just I love a male like drawn from the female's perspective like all those like the way it's phrased almost was like okay you're giving me Darcy vibes with the word, sir. Like you're doing the thing. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to, there's like, I've seen comparison videos on TikTok of like male authors writing women when they're angry and they're like, almost, you want to say like, I don't want to say like over dramatic. It's very over exaggerated, but then you see a woman written from a female's perspective raging. And it's just like, so different. It's like, almost like it's accurate it's accurate very (laughs) much so um but yeah there was there's more pages marked where there was moments I was just like well okay giving me all the juju where was the one that made me crack up it was something thrown of glass related that you wrote oh no where's it something about a lead (laughs) something to do with healing so I can't remember I don't know what's up, but yeah, just utter high praise on the book because I was I was hooked <laughs> like from page one with him dying. Basically, I was just mm-hmm. like, "What's happening?" Because <laughs> I kept thinking, like, "Okay, I know she's like mentioned Finn in a video. I know he's a main character. <laughs> How is he dead?" Um, so that was really it's kind of like with Crescent City when oh gosh what was her name Danica when Danica Danica. dies I was like I thought she was in this whole book okay I'm confused yeah that that took me by surprise too my my mom bless her heart she gave like she works in a vet clinic and she gave I think like all five of her coworkers a copy of my book 
And I was fine with it because my mother, I grew up in a very conservative Christian household where the contents of my book are not allowed to be consumed, let alone written about. And I like, you know, my parents know I wrote a book. People I like, I know, know I wrote a book because I didn't mind book one's pretty tame when it comes to that kind of stuff. Very like PG-13 where like book two definitely dives way more into it than book one Mm -hmm. does. But that's why I was like, book one, I was like, I'm fine with people knowing about this because like, I'm not embarrassed or ashamed of like what's in it. And my mom gives it to her coworkers. And like the first reaction, she was like, what? She's like, what is going on in your world? Because like one coworker was like, the main character dies on like the first page. And I'm like, did she read past the first page? Yeah, I don't know. We were at work. (laughs) But um, so like that was fun to watch with that. But then my aunt read it. And this is like a super conservative aunt and I didn't intend to read it because like my family are like, oh, we'll support you. We'll buy the book. But they're not readers. I wasn't expecting them to actually read the book. So my aunt reads it and she like tells my mom like what the contents of the book are. And she is like, I can't believe your daughter was writing about this. And so then I go home for like Thanksgiving or Christmas, whatever it was. And my mom was like, so when were you going to tell me? about what was in the book and I was like never (laughs) because I was like my mom doesn't read my dad doesn't read so there was never any chance they would ever actually read this and I was like uh what do you mean and she's like I can't believe I gave my coworkers a copy of your book and there's porn in it and I was like mom it's what you'd see in a pg-13 movie I was like it's not bad I don't have to put this like x-rating content warning on it and she's just but like she's the kind of person where it's like if there's like too much making out and a girl takes her top off in a show like still like bra and whatever she's like oh we need to turn this off like it's too inappropriate so yeah I was like no you weren't supposed to find out but <laughs> which I'm glad <laughs> okay. so I'm glad you've told that story because that's always something that I've wondered about is like so we also have a very conservative family um and like the one I've written, the story I've written doesn't have anything in it, but I'm always like, but if I want to put something in there, like nobody in my family can read this book except me, except for her and her sister. And, um, that was one question I did like have for you. Cause like you mentioned it, like the second one definitely takes it up a notch. And I was just <laughs> like, I've wondered like how, like when you're writing it, are you like writing like one eye open or are you just like going in on it? I usually just write it like, and then I'll kind of figure out from there. I'm like, do I want to really put this in there? Like in the final draft kind of thing. But no, I mean, I've read stuff like those, you know, smutty books since I was like 15 or 16. Unbeknownst to my parents, because if they found out, I would have been in worlds of trouble. Um, But like, I don't know, it's definitely different writing it. Like, when you're writing it, yeah. you're like, oh, this is, like, a little bit cringy at sometimes, because you're like, I know what people want to read, but, like, actually forming the words, sometimes yes. you're kind of like, okay. So, usually I have to, like, set the mood, like, get a playlist going on YouTube where I'm like, all right, like, I have to zone in. So, otherwise I get distracted and it turns weird, and I've had to, like, rewrite scenes multiple times, because I was like, this is too far, and then sometimes I was like, this isn't far enough. And then I'm like, I am never going to advertise book two uh, to my friends and family because I will never let them read this. No, which that was kind of like, I feel like if I was writing a smut scene, it would definitely be like, ah, ah, 
I don't want to write this. Well, because you have to figure out what words you want to use. Right. You have to be like, okay, what terminology? How far am I taking this? Like, am I going to be super vague? Am I going to go just, you know, full in? You kind of have to like make that decision and stick with it. So I rewrote a few things and like changed the word terminology. So I was like, oh, this is too vague. And then I was like, but I don't want it to be like, you know, erotica. I was like, I want it to be well-written smut in a romance book kind of fantasy whatever but so you have to kind of figure out that line for yourself like how far you want to take it because there are there are lines that you shouldn't cross and lines you have to cross you kind of got to figure out where you stand between those lines yeah yeah I've always wondered like how people like the writing of smut it just it seems like it would be really awkward and like shut yourself in your room by yourself like not want anybody like looking at your computer screen while you're writing it <laughs> yeah and then you have to like is this physically possible what are they doing like how do I describe this like yes does you know an arm have to be supporting your body behind you while you're doing something else like you have to make sure it's like actually possible and not this like far-fetched thing because readers you know they pick up on that stuff like yeah. he doesn't have three arms so, like how, how are they staying upright while they're doing this or whatever so yeah it's very technical as well it'd be a funny process to walk in on if you like walked in on the person they're writing it and they're also going like I guess they can like trying to figure out the moves and everything that would be I think uh it was Katie Robert on TikTok who said something that sometimes she puts like um she has like dolls like Barbie dolls or like those action figure kind of dolls she can get for art reference drawings and I'm like that would actually kind of be helpful that's actually really cool yeah well I mean for any scene even like an action scene like a fighting scene you mm-hmm. can kind of see people record themselves doing because well, that was one thing like when I was writing an action scene in mine that was one thing I was like okay so she's gonna and that, I was literally sitting in my chair going she's gonna go like this and then her elbow needs to <laughs> so you're trying to like map it out in your head for that I actually watch like if you find like your favorite tv show or movie that you're referencing watch a fight scene and just describe that fight scene like I did that really good point and then you can like pause it replay it and then you know you can figure out from there if you need to like add in people take away people change weapons whatever but it's really helpful to like have a little mini screen in your you know upper right corner whatever playing in slow-mo or just pausing frame by frame and being like okay their arm was like this, their sword was like this, this is what happens, this, you know, blood sprays this way when you're slicing and stuff like that, so. So just watch this episode of Game of Thrones and you'll be good. Yeah. (laughs) Watch my my battle scene. Yeah. Hallie, so Hallie dances and I'll let you tell the story. So basically, um, we did the Nutcracker and there's this huge battle scene between the Mouse King and the Nutcracker where they have to sword fight. And for some reason, they chose me to play the Mouse King, but we changed it to Mouse Queens because why not? And we had to do the, I had to do the battle scene with real swords, I might add, and real fencing swords. And it was very technical, very hard. And so I'm like, I don't know how fantasy characters do it. It's hard. I took a video of her though and slowed it down. And I think it's, I guess it's still on my TikTok. It is because I have it buried in my feed. But um, I had like slowed down a part. Like she just pushes like the nutcracker away and she's like twirling her sword and it's in slow motion. And it looks so cool. And I was like, this could be like good inspiration for a battle scene right now. So 
Yeah, I did buy a sword for that purpose, but they're, it's crazy. They're obnoxiously heavy, and you don't really realize, like, how much physical stamina these people need, Yeah, which is definitely, like, what I put in there. I was like, okay, they're, they're going to suck for a while because they're not strong enough. Like, you have to develop specific muscles for certain moves, for certain weapons and stuff like that. And so when I got the sword, I like twirled it around, you know, trying to be like super cool, be like, I got this. And then it like slammed into my desk chair and like almost knocked my computer off my desk because it like hit the, and I was like, okay. I was like, I'll put that away now. Yeah, it doesn't, I feel like it, it doesn't really require just all arm strength. It requires a lot of other strength too, like core strength. Core strength, mm-hmm. yeah. All the certain things. Yeah, it's tough. I've seen people get the um, the sword from Narnia and everyone mm-hmm. always says like it's super heavy peter's sword oh yeah i leave him i want the i want needle Arya's sword from game of thrones it's just mm-hmm. tiny so maybe that one i could actually hold um oh, did you have any other book questions nope i think that's it um so i guess like so you mentioned like you're in scotland and i've mentioned several times that i'm jealous so how is your trip going <laughs> I've seen all your Instagram stories. Yeah, it's been great. Um, The weather's been pretty good, which is really nice. Um, I met up with Scottish boy um, earlier last week, and we had a great time. But I don't think it'll go. I don't think it'll go anywhere, unfortunately. But um, yeah, we've been friends for like three years now. We met on Tinder during the pandemic, and we've met up twice. So it's kind of like a fun little like fake romance thing I have going on in my head um but the food's incredible um I'm like I don't know this whole place is like a writer's dream like to just come and like be here so I go to like that uh, one bookstore I was telling you about it's it's a Waterstones which is like a Barnes and Noble Mm -hmm. equivalent here in the UK so I go to like their cafe and I'm pretty sure the cafe people know me because I'm there like three or four times a week um but I get like a little like piece of cake or like a cinnamon roll or um whatever that is there a scone with like strawberry jam and they heat it up and it's like lovely because it's like a European scone and not like an American scone and have it with a chai or like a coffee and I just like sit and eat and then I'll pull out my laptop and write and then you've got like the cherry blossom trees outside of like Princess Street Garden and like the castle in the background and so it's very like picturesque when it comes to that and I'll like just walk around and you've got like you know your tote bag with like a book in it you can just sit down and pull it out if you want to like just sit and people watch which is what I do sometimes as well and it's been I don't know it's a dream come true to like be here because I'm here for a month so I've got like two more weeks left just so jealous so so when I went it was a Harry Potter themed trip and we went to England and Scotland then we were in Scotland we did Edinburgh and it's just it's so pretty it's just yeah there's lots of like harry potter stuff here so yes um yeah i love old town was my favorite because the cobblestones i like it but it hurts it hurts my feet when you're walking around all day you don't want to yeah. be walking on cobblestones right um but yeah super jealous you're you're living my dream life going on dates with scottish men who are taking you to their favorite bookstore like <laughs> What could be better? I mean, uh, well, I mean, he's the reason I wrote the book in the first place. Like, well, one of like the three main reasons. So it's all thanks to him. And the other book I'm working on separate is about like him, his and I's like fake imagined story and stuff like that. So, so cool. 
Um, yeah. I, so basically what you're telling me is that if me and my family go through with going to Scotland next year, I need to download Tinder and meet a boy and, you know, go on this fantasy whirlwind romance. You know, why not sample the local cuisine while you're in a new place? You might as well. Hey, <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. Um, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of all we had, like, questions-wise. I'm sure there's going to be more pop-up later that I'm going to wish I would have asked. Um, but, you know, I've said it before, high praise on the book. It was amazing. I can't wait to get Thank the you. second coffee in my hands. And, ha- and I'm definitely going to be getting that hardback because that sounds amazing. Um, and also can't wait for the other ones that you're putting out. Um, but uh, tell us about your social media handles. Where can our listeners find you? Um, TikTok is, you can search author BL Tally, or I think the actual handle is Brits underscore books underscore. I think um, someone stole Brits underscore books. So I had to, you know, get playful with it. And then Instagram is just author BL Tally um, for that one. I just have those two for now. But yeah, I mean, if you have any more questions, I'm happy to like give you a little inside scoop on like sneak peek something, but I don't want to like spoil too much. No, but if you've got sneak peeks and you want to give them right now, go ahead. If you want, like, so what can you tell us about the next book? Let's do that one. <sighs> um, so the big final, like, it's going to be the, so there's only going to be three books for at least Ren and Calix's main story. Um, and it's, the big battle is coming up, but Locke, obviously, when Q you meet, will play a very big role in the third one and kind of filter over into another book series that you'll be like, how is this actually connected? You'll have no idea until like the second book of that series, but he definitely has a role to play somewhere along the way. Um, and yeah, definitely getting enemies to lovers vibes with his character and the character you know is <laughs> gonna happen with that i'm having a lot of fun with their story right now yeah i'm so excited so we'll get some we'll get some of them archer's perspective like her pov as well in book three so yeah yes. kind of be split between <laughs> archer and red and calyx in book three so oh, i love it and then the other series will have dragons in it so yes we love dragons <laughs> all that so is Which, the other yeah series- so is the other series connected or is it a different? It's connected. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's the one. But you com- obviously like. Going to work an angle with it. Being yeah. Connected. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's a completely different setting, completely different like world, different characters. Um, really cool. I just named the main character. Her name is Ira. Um, and then the guy main character's name is Thorn. So we've got like. Um, Iron, Lucan, Hale, Lark, and Thorn are the main characters. And then we have like these four dragon lords that are like in the history, like when you read like the prologue, it only in the history. So we've got like Hyacinth, Icagall, Sendris, and Krios are the dragon names. Love these names. And, <laughs> and so it's yeah, so there's some really cool things coming with that book, which I'm very excited about. And it's basically about like an assassin and um she's highly trained from like a child and she's like the only like human in this magical like assassin thing 
and they're called the Shadow Shades, and she is going to be what is called a Shade Sparrow. And so it's really cool. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> so, awesome. I'm excited. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so where can they buy Realm of Shadows and Flame? Obviously Amazon, but yeah, Amazon, Barnes and Noble online, and then Kindle Unlimited for now. So maybe in the future somewhere else. But for now, it's just Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And do you have a release date for the second one, or are you waiting to announce that one? I do. I wanted to have announced it already, but TikTok hates me. But uh, the plan is for August thirty first. Okay. So pretty pretty quickly by the end of the summer. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. Oh, I can't wait. I'm ready for you to finish this one and read the second one. Um, yeah, you won't have to wait too long. Yeah. So you timed it perfectly with reading yeah, no. this um, Yeah, okay. Cool, cool, cool. I'm trying to think, like, if there's anything I'm forgetting. I can't think of anything. No, I think you gave us a pretty good sneak peek into the ne- the rest of the of your mind. Um, That's awesome. I can't wait. Oh, now I'm excited. I can oh, wait. and people will die in book three. So. well I'm, I'm so excited for that yeah, that's that's really great you know um I just so basically what you're saying is I'm gonna drop the book more I'm gonna flip it off more and I'm gonna yell at my invisible cameraman more yes okay good to know but the banter but the banter between Locke and the love interest it's I've already written a lot of it it's incredible so I'm excited. Oh, it's going to be so good. Okay. Yep. So is there anything else you want to like add in? I'm just thankful that you guys had me on here. Honestly, like this whole thing is still very strange and new and like hearing people's takes on it is very new to me and I love it. So I'm just thankful to you guys for reading it and liking it and having me on here. Like it's so weird. Like I'm grinning because I'm like, this is so exciting for me. It's the first time I get to like talk about it with people who have really like read it and kind of like discuss it a little bit. Just me and my own little world. So it's really nice that I don't know you guys took the time for me today. I'm very thankful. So well, we're glad you yeah. had come on. Like, like I said, you were on our guest list, so we were. Ex- I was excited when you said you would do it. So we're glad you could come on, and we're glad we could work out the schedule with you being you know in another yeah. country so um yeah it's but, different but I'm glad it worked out yeah all right well if I think of anything else we'll just set up another you know we could just do a part two yeah for sure just do it when, when book two comes out we can and when Hallie's finally finished it all yes we'll gather you may be getting a letter for me suing you for emotional damage <laughs> yes people are upset I've gotten angry messages and I'm like, just be patient. It all works out in the end. I promise. They're like, I want a happy ending. And I'm like, eventually, for most of them, you just got to wait. <laughs> like, wait and find out. This is only book one. Um, but the yeah, plot I'll... only works when people suffer. So, yes. Um, but we'll definitely, we'll compile more questions for the next one. Um, but yeah, once again, we're just uh, thankful that you could come on. And this was really exciting. I was glad to learn more about like the author world too. That was really neat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll be in touch. <laughs> but uh, All right, sounds yeah. good. I can't wait. Yep. So have fun 
with the rest of your trip in Scotland. Again, super, so jealous. Like, have fun with your Scottish man and, you know, all those bookstores and, you know, just living the <laughs> my dream life. So, um, yeah, I will. Don't worry. <laughs> I will talk to you later. So, all right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, bye. Bye. Yeah, bye. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Brit. I know, like I said earlier, we had a fantastic time talking with her. I definitely learned a lot about oh, yeah. the author process. Um, didn't know all that stuff about like Lulu.com and Pro Writing Aid and just like the entire process to self publishing. Had no idea. So that was really cool to learn. Um, and I hope you guys go out and read this book if you haven't already. It's amazing. Um, based off her sneak peeks of the next few books, like I'm so excited. The Dragons? Like, come on. There was more questions I wanted to ask her about that, but I don't want to ask too many questions to where she'll have to give away any spoilers. Um, so, but like we said at the end of the interview, um, Hallie and I will be compiling questions once the second book comes out and Hallie reads it. Um, we'll compile some more questions and we'll just have her on for round two. So, um, yeah, we're, again, uh, we really want to thank Britt for coming on. Um, honestly, like, this was awesome. Like I said earlier, she was on our list, so it was really cool to finally, like, have somebody from our, like, official list. Um, and, you know, to get to interview an actual author was really cool. Yeah, it was really fun. Um... But, yeah, we'll definitely be compiling questions for the next interview, and we'll have her on, you know, for another exclusive, if that's what you want to call it. Um, but, you know, let us know below if you're also jealous of her living, a, you know, like the, an actual, like, fictional character's dream life. Um, you know, living her whirlwind romance in Scotland. Um, but, you know, it, let us know your thoughts below on the book if you've read it um and if you have any questions for Britt, also let us know and we can definitely get those to her and see if we can or we'll compile those questions for the next interview with her yeah so definitely let us know if you have any other questions for Britt, um or about the book or about writing process in general and we'll just save them for the next one um and yeah i'm sure we'll have her back and we've got plans for other people to come on um in the future so Let's just all manifest those into existence right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hallie, you got anything to add? No, I think that pretty much sums it up. We had a great time with Brett. It was very fun, informative. Just yep. great experience. Yes. Hallie's going to go home and finish the last five chapters now. Good luck. Um, you're going to be emotional. Uh, you, make yeah. it, you make it a video of me. Well, we'll just stick the audio in the podcast. Um, so, yeah, guys. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll definitely be doing more like this. So, let us know all your thoughts and comments down below. And be sure to rate us five stars and follow us on all our socials. We'll be linking our podcast socials as well as our personal socials below. Hallie has a book talk. I have a book talk and bookstagram. And then, obviously, we have the podcast socials. We don't post on our TikTok too much, so... Sorry, but, um, yeah, you know, just give us a follow on the socials to stay up to date on future episodes, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.